0: Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit IBM.com slash Watson Assistant. Back in the attic, obviously. Wilbon, we're going to start with baseball. I'm going to the glasses because I want to make sure I have this right. Baseball is eyeing the fields in mid-May. Not every field Fields in Arizona, where you are now, Cactus Cactus League stadiums, I guess the Diamondback stadiums. There will be no fans. All players will be sequestered. They'll live together. It's possible that home plate will be electronically umpired. Will Bondas, all this makes sense to you.
1: Tony, you know what? It's it's ambitious. It's it's forward thinking and forward looking and baseball has to make plans, not just one plan. A plan for if this, a plan for if that. And I understand. And they probably have to do this every day. But behind me, uh, Tony, where, where you're looking, people are unbelievably excited about this, even if they think it's ambitious. Because those stadiums, Tony, you speak about the Cactus League stadiums, you can get to all of them in about 40 minutes with no traffic, probably even less around the 101, which is which is our beltway out here. But Tony, it's, it's, it, it does seem ambitious because there's still so much we don't know. I listened to Adam Silver talk about the NBA last night, and I thought he was unbelievably candid in a way that I applaud when he said, I know less now than I knew a month ago. And so, yes, you, you, you put these things yeah. in play you want to, but how long can you sequester them? How effective is it going to be? How long are people, players willing to be without their families if they're sequestered? I, there's so much we still don't know.
0: Yeah. Right. Well, what we know is that the NBA has no plan and baseball has this plan. And apparently the baseball players are talking to baseball management, which says to me that the players want to play. They want to get paid. They want to play. This is something that apparently has. It's reported to have the approval of the federal government. The state government in Arizona is reportedly intrigued by this. I know exactly what you're thinking. I'm thinking the same thing. What happens when there are positive tests? How long do they shut down? How often do they come back? At what point do they say, we don't want to do this at all anymore? And, and how do they deal with the heat in Arizona? But they've got the stadiums. They apparently have interest on both sides and they've got what feels like a plan. Yes, it's ambitious, but every day we sort
1: of feel, let's have some hope. It feels like a little bit of hope, does it not? Tony, we can have hope. I got hope. I want to see it even though I wouldn't see it. I mean, I'd just like to know that there's baseball stuff. Right. But, Tony, you mentioned the players want to play. So do the NBA players. They want to play. Everybody wants to play. The question is, what is your leadership willing to concede? Is possible or less than possible, optimistic or too optimistic. We don't know. And so, look, I, I, I we don't, hope we don't it know works, that Tony. Even if it's July the most in the heat when 110 degrees, this. I hope it.
0: Yeah. The most intriguing piece of this is the players are not even going to sit in the dugouts. They're going yes. to sit in the stands to maintain social distancing. I mean, this is a year with all sports where anything and everything becomes possible in your thinking, right? You, you, have, to, you have to allow for all sorts of
1: differences if you're going to put this together. Tony, I told you when I was going to come and stay out here. There are a lot of reasons to be here. Uh, away from the epicenter, Uh, uh, social distancing. You can go a day and not see anybody. You don't have to. You're not living on top of each other like the I-95 corridor. I get why baseball would be interested in this, and I hope it works, but I just have some reservations. And listen, according to Sportsnet in Canada, Tony, the NHL is considering a plan similar to baseball's plan with the possibility of staging games in North Dakota, or maybe New Hampshire? Tony, do you like the idea, this idea, of the NHL taking its talents to Fargo?
0: Well, what, what I like about this is it is more finite than baseball. Because you're going to start with the playoffs. And every week in the playoffs, when a series is over, half the people clear out. So when you get to the finals, you only really have two teams that have been there for a long time. It's like that reality show Survivor. You are voted off the island at some point. Apparently, North Dakota has wonderful facilities for hockey. Again, we're going to get to what happens when people test positive, if if indeed they do. But in terms of hockey, minor league hockey, for example, you're always in small towns. They're always rural. You know, the... North Dakota is right next to Canada. It is not going to feel like a dislocation for hockey players. And again, the finite quality of it, I, I think it's a good
1: plan, but it's just a plan. That's how I feel about both of them, Tony. Baseball and hockey. And what do you know, if anything, do North Dakota and Arizona have in common as different as they are? You, 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 you don't have the density that you have in the great majority right. of markets where those teams in both those sports, even the NHL, play regularly. So, and call home. So yes, you have these plans. And Tony, the plans may have to change. Maybe. We take a turn for the better. And you don't even need these plans. Maybe they both these sports can look out over the landscape and see something in early July that says, OK, w- we, we can play in our arenas. We can have fans down the right. road. Maybe that's more like August. So, yes, that would be really hopeful, wouldn't it? As long as we're going to be hopeful, Tony. I hope, again, like baseball, I hope the NHL could pull this off with those playoffs. I think that would be intriguing and we would watch. Right. We with no fans in the stands, we would we, tune in because we presume television has to be involved. Well,
0: well yeah, but that, that's that's the basis of it. In hockey, in hockey, what you can do for just the playoffs is you can go to a place that's rural, go to a place that doesn't have population density, and put on a television show, which is what those playoffs are going to be. The larger question looming over baseball, looming over hockey, looming over, over everybody is, is it going to be like the NBA where one positive test... Shuts it down and that's what everybody's going to have to face. We'll move away. We'll move to football. Peter King wrote for NBC Sports that if the Miami Dolphins really love Joe Burrow, if they say this guy's the greatest thing since sliced bread, that they ought to make the following offer to Cincinnati, which is this. We'll give you the, we'll give you the number five pick this year and three additional first round picks. If this happens, Mike, should Cincinnati should they listen to this? Well,
1: they're going to listen. Now, should they decide to take the deal and say yes? Depends on how much they like Joe Burrow. Do you love him? Do you love him like nobody you've ever drafted in the history of that franchise? You love him more than Boomer Esiason and Kenny Anderson? Do you love guys who actually got that franchise to a Super Bowl? Do you love him more than that? And if you do, if you have some institutional memory and you say you do, then you could say, Okay. Because that way, Tony, you could almost restock your team. I mean, we remember how the Dallas Cowboys of the early 90s and Jimmy Johnson got to be those Dallas Cowboys. They, they, they took a deal and said, OK, goodbye, Herschel Walker. So how much do you love Joe Burrow? And what do you think you can do with all those draft picks reasonably?
0: There's a lot of questions in there. Cincinnati has to ask itself, are we just taking Joe Burrow because he's from Ohio? Could we love Tua as much because we could get Tua? Could we love the kid Herbert from Washington as much? Great football teams are built around great quarterbacks, but high draft choice quarterbacks, about 50% of the time, they sort of flame out. And if you've got a bunch of draft picks, a bunch of number ones, that helps you a lot. Cincinnati also has to ask itself, how much faith does it have in the GM? Does it want him to have all these number one picks? Or do you take Joe Burrow? And of course, Miami has to say, we really want him. Because it doesn't hurt Miami. Miami's got, I think, four first-round picks this year and next, or second second-round picks this year and next, that they'd be okay they either way, out. right?
1: They're okay. They got Let me ask you yeah. then, put you on the spot. Would you, if you are running the Bengals, say, slide me those picks, I'm going to give you Joe Burrow? Yes. Uh,
0: my answer is yes, under one condition, that there's some other quarterback in the draft that I think is so close to Joe Burrow. In other words, I'm not... I'm not totally in love with Joe Burrow. I'll take another quarterback. you will take Oregon, Herbert, my team. And Jimmy Johnson is the Jordan right analogy. Love, who will you take? I don't. Well, you're asking me what I would do, and I'm saying to you, if there was another quarterback I liked nearly as much, then I'm if I'm Cincinnati, I take the
1: picks. Of course, I do. Tony, we're going to get to the NFL draft, and guys are going to be in their attic, just like you, apparently making those picks. John uh, Harbaugh uh, voiced his concerns about NFL technology espionage at his pre-draft press conference, he's worried that with teams conducting team meetings and even draft prep meetings virtually from their addicts, there is an increased danger that information could be hacked and compromised. Tony, is that a legit concern going into this draft with all the other things?
0: Now, you know me, you know I can barely text. You know that I know nothing about technology, but it seems to me that this is absolutely legitimate. This is why so many people hire people to protect their stuff all the time. I I would I'd be worried about hacking. I don't know that I have to get Bob Mueller in here to do something about it, but I would be worried. We've seen this in sports before. There was an executive for the St. Louis Cardinals who did this to the Houston Astros. He was banned from baseball for life, Mike, and he went to prison. He went to prison. If 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 I'm running football and I find out this happens, you're out, you're out. You, you cannot be stealing yeah.
1: the intellectual property of the other teams. No, you can't. If you had somebody zoom during this, you would be out. But, Tony, some of it just seems like, you know, this is a few in, in a few cases. General managers couldn't get the draft delayed by whining and moaning about it about just having it right. So the next thing is, oh, wow, don't let the dog eat my homework. I I can't do this. And so some of this some of this whining, Tony, about bandwidth and the Wi-Fi. And suppose the Internet goes out just as I'm going to make my pick and I get the little, you know, little beach ball up there at the top of my screen and I can't progress anymore. Well, I've got the answer, Tony. I got an answer. You just won't believe. Pick up your damn phone and make your pick. Some of this whining I don't want to hear. I, I grant you on espionage and hacking. But when it comes to the whining yeah. about how am I going to communicate? Phone. Pick it up. That's how the draft used to be conducted anyway.
0: No, you're 100% right about that. And people have their draft boards. And if the guy in front of you picks the guy you wanted, you got eight other guys. Pick one of your other guys. That's but right. what I'm saying to you is, is it, is it a legitimate fear Espionage. Is it legitimate? And it seems to me, yes, it's legitimate.
1: But wouldn't it be that all the time? It would be that last year and the year before and the year before and next year in terms of your room and your files and what's confidential. So this yes. has nothing to do with drafting yes. from your attic except everybody's on his own little island. I think you should make the draft pick. Tony, Go ahead. From you're your you're
0: attic. ranting. Go ahead. You've done very well on that.
1: I think you, you, know, I think you, you well. should make the draft pick you did well. from your attic. Though we're apart these days, we're sharing more. So, at GEICO, we'd like to say thanks. Thanks for sharing your savage dance moves. Thanks for sharing your DIY haircut fails. Thanks for sharing your inner lip sync star. Now, it's our turn to share with the GEICO Give back A 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies for current and new customers. Because we're committed for the long haul, the 15% credit lasts your full policy term. Visit geico.com slash giveback for more info and eligibility. It could be a routine drive to pick up the kids after school or an epic road trip across the country. No matter where your travels take you, we know those miles count. We're Marathon. We have over 5,700 stations across our great nation. Our people are working hard every day to provide you with quality top-tier gasoline to improve engine performance and fuel your life. Marathon, fueling the American spirit.
0: Again, in my attic, but not drafting this year. We go to the Happies. I put on glasses to read. Happy 60th birthday, Buster Douglas. Douglas was 29-4-1 when he went into the ring with Mike Tyson 30 years ago as a 42-1 underdog in Tokyo. He was supposed to be a tomato can. But the enduring image of that fight is Tyson crawling around the ring looking for his mouthpiece as Douglas knocked him out in the biggest upset in heavyweight championship history. But Douglas could not stand success. In his next fight, he came in at 246 pounds, heaviest of his career. He went out on his back, knocked out in the third round by a Vander Holyfield, who had been ringside at the Tyson fight. That fight made Douglas rich, and he did not fight for the next six years, Mike. You know, at one point, weighing nearly 400 pounds, Douglas <sighs> slimmed down, made a comeback. He won six straight bouts, but before he could regain true stature... He was knocked out in the first round by a man named Lou Savarese. Douglas has a career record of thirty-eight six and one, and he has everlasting fame.
1: Tony, now I know you call this the biggest upset in heavyweight history, and maybe in terms of the odds it was. But I gotta believe that you believe that Young Cassius Clay beating Sonny Clay Liston, Liston. Clay, listen. That's a yeah. bigger upset to both of us. I was a little kid. That's the first fight I remember one of my earliest sporting memories with my father almost passing out on the sofa in the den because Clay, not Ali, Clay beat Listed. Absolutely.
0: The shock of that was amazing. Happy anniversary, Syracuse. On this day, 17 years ago, the Orange, led by freshman Carmelo Anthony and Jerry McNamara, who hit six threes in the first half beat Kansas for the national championship to give Jim Bayheim his only NCAA title. McNamara stayed in school and had one of the great runs in history of the Big East tournament three years later as a senior. McNamara is now an assistant coach for Bayheim. Carmelo declared for the NBA draft and immediately became a star. But the championship that came so quickly in college eluded him all these years in the NBA. He has Olympic gold medals. He has fame and fortune. But Wilbon, is it
1: possible that this NCAA game is the high point of Carmelo Anthony's career. Tony, you know what? I I have never asked Carmelo that, and obviously I would right now like to. It's possible. Just like is it possible that the the NCAA championship that Patrick Ewing won since he didn't win in the NBA is the highlight of his career? I talk to Patrick fairly frequently. I got to ask him that too. But man, those are such highs at such an early point in life. And then those guys did have great success. Patrick played on the Dream Team, so maybe not. Maybe they would both, he and Carmelo, say to us, I played in the pros, I I got an Olympic gold medal. Shut up, you two old men.
0: And that's fair to say. Happy trails to just one team being on Hard Knocks. Adam Schefter of ESPN is reporting that there are plans to supersize the popular HBO show Hard Knocks that films everything that happens inside training camp Even the bad stuff, which of course is what we want to see. For the first time, two teams will be on it, the Rams and the Chargers, who conveniently are neighbors at the brand new SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. This is all predicated, obviously, on the NFL having training camp. It would likely serve as a showcase for the new stadium, which the NFL has been waiting breathlessly for. On a selfish level, I'm anxious to see how many Rams hate their new logo as much as Ram-bassador Eric Dickerson does, and how many Chargers look into the camera and say, what
1: happened to Philip Rivers? Where's Philip Rivers? Tony, I covered football long enough to hate training camp by the time I covered it a couple of seasons. I don't watch Hard Knocks. I've never seen, and not only an episode, I've never seen a second of Hard Knocks, but I know you love it. So what do you think about this, having two teams instead of one?
0: I'm glad to have it. I think Hard Knocks is a really good show It gets you ready, you know, for everything that's going to happen. It it builds drama very well. It's very well done. And on that note, we're going to get out of here.